the PKD Dietitian Podcast. I'm Diana, your host. In episode 32, I'm going to simplify how you can adapt a recipe to make it more PKD and kidney friendly. We're going to explore what I look for in recipes, how to adjust yours in four easy steps, and what nutrients to pay attention to. There is something for everyone, especially if there is one area of your PKD health diet you are working on, or even those of you with lower kidney function who have lower protein recommendations. It's going to be a little bit of reduce, replace, or even add. There will be a bit of math to think about, but not much. Mainly about checking in with portions because, well, They have really gotten out of hand, especially for what is considered quote-unquote normal for protein and salt. Make sure to grab the guide I created for you that goes with this episode, a printable walkthrough resource for you, and it's linked out in the show notes. Now let's get to those four steps. You won't need to do them for every recipe, but you probably will benefit from at least one to two modifications for those recipes at home to be more PKD and kidney friendly. Step one is to look at protein. I want you to ask, does my recipe have animal or plant protein? And folks, when I say animal, I'm really referring to animal meat. If your answer is animal protein, ask yourself, is there a plant-based protein that I can swap out in its place? For example, Chickpeas are really nice in place of chicken, lentils and tofu, and even mushrooms are nice in place of beef or ground beef. There's more examples in the printable guide with this episode, so check them out. You don't even have to swap out all your animal meat for plant-based. Start with half. That's a really nice place to start. Another question I want you to ask yourself when it comes to animal protein is how much is in this recipe? You should aim for two to three ounces per serving. That's roughly 15 to 20 grams of protein per serving. This is what I like to adjust my recipes to that I give to my clients. And know this, if you have lower kidney function, so that's a lower GFR, you will likely need less. A tip on that in a second. What does this actually look like in real life? Here's an example for you. You've got a soup recipe at home. It's got a bunch of veggies in it. It's got spinach. It's got carrots. It's got onions, some aromatics and spices. It's also got a pound of chicken and, of course, some broth. This one recipe says that it serves four people. So we're going to get into a little bit of math here. One pound of animal meat is equal to 16 ounces. So if we work backwards, this one pound of chicken, that 16 ounces, is four servings and each of those is four ounces. A little bit more than we actually need. Plus, most packages of chicken these days are even more than a pound. Make sure that you look. We got two options here. The first is to decrease the amount of chicken that you put in to three-fourths of a pound. 
and that will equal three ounces per serving. Super easy way to make sure you're not overdoing the protein. On the other end, you could increase the recipe to be five servings. This often means adding a little bit extra of the other stuff, like the veggies and the liquids, to bulk it up some. But this way, you have a moderately portioned protein serving. Now back to that lower GFR. If you have lower protein needs and requirements because you have a lower kidney function, you got two choices here too. You can decrease the protein while you're making the recipe. Of course, the best way to do that is going more plant-based. But at the table, if you need lower protein, a really nice, easy way to do it is take the portion everybody else is having and cut it in half. That makes it very doable. It's important to get the right amount of protein for your needs. It's actually pretty darn hard to get too little protein, but how much is too much is based on your height, your weight, your kidney function, and lots of other factors, including activity and other diagnosis. If you need help figuring this out, absolutely reach out to me and we'll get you started on your healthy PKD protein plan. Number two, the second step is to look at sodium. And I'm kind of using sodium and salt interchangeably here. This part of adapting a recipe for better actually starts in the grocery store. You want to buy low sodium or no added salt options. Why? Because the majority of the salt we as Americans consume, and I'm talking over 70% of our intake, is already in our food before it gets to us. But that's for another episode, how to do that in the grocery store. A low-sodium diet does vary per person. It's usually around 1,500 to 2,000 milligrams of sodium a day. For the recipes that I create and change, I try to keep each recipe under 500 milligrams of sodium. And remember that salt is an acquired taste. If you are in the process of reducing your intake, give your taste buds about six to eight weeks to adjust to a lower-sodium diet. So let's get to a little bit of math again. One teaspoon of salt is 2,300 milligrams. If you're looking at a recipe, look at how much they recommend to add. So if you're adding one teaspoon of salt, that's 2,300 milligrams for the whole recipe. And if you divide that by, let's use four servings, that's over 500 milligrams per serving. That's a little bit above where we want to be, and that doesn't even include any natural salt or salt that was already in the food. Here is my recommendation when it comes to sodium. Super easy. Whatever is in the recipe, and it's usually a teaspoon, cut it in half. That one half teaspoon is about 290 milligrams of sodium per person. Not bad at all. And if you're going for lower salt, cut it in half again. So... Whatever salt is in the recipe, cut it in half. Even better, cut it in half again. Those numbers are all in that guide for you so you can see it. It's pretty amazing how quickly salt adds up. I want you to note this, guys, that no salt isn't better than low salt. You 100% need some salt in your diet. It's an essential mineral. The goal isn't how low can you go. The goal is 
lower intake so that it will not negatively affect your blood pressure and other pathways that drive cyst growth. The third thing I look at in a recipe is, does it have any veggies? If it doesn't, add some. What can go on the side? What can go in the dish? You're adding nutritional boosters to what you're eating. And those for sure have perks for PKD. And the more variety, the better. But part of adding veggies or looking at the veggies in your recipe is asking, are there any high oxalate ingredients? For example, is there spinach? Is there a ton of almonds or a large amount of beets or even almond butter? These are all high oxalate ingredients. If they're in your recipe, ask yourself first, is there a lower oxalate sub? If there is, swap it out. If there isn't a lower oxalate sub you can use, can you use less of that vegetable? That will help. If you are having a meal and using a recipe that has higher oxalate ingredients, always look at, is there a calcium source with the meal? So let's go back to that soup recipe. That soup has spinach, and one of the veggies it has is carrots too. I'm not so worried about the carrots, but spinach really is an oxalate bomb. First, I would swap out the spinach. Perhaps swap it with shredded kale or even bok choy. Lastly, when I serve that soup, I might put a little bit of shaved Parmesan on top. Not only will it be delicious without adding very much sodium, it's got a little calcium boost. Linked out in the show notes is a great resource about low oxalate greens for you. And the fourth step that I do when I'm looking at recipes is to check out the fat source and look at, is it a healthy fat source? Now, first of all, fat-free isn't a good thing. That is not the goal. The goal with this step is to use healthy fat sources and not inflammatory ones. Look at the recipe and notice what the oil is that is used. If it is a sunflower oil or a vegetable oil, corn oil, canola oil, swap those out for a heart-healthy and anti-inflammatory oil, which is going to be usually extra virgin olive oil, an avocado oil, or a coconut oil. If you're using a fat source, make sure it's one that's adding perks for PKD and not adding more inflammation. There you have it, guys. Four steps to adapting a recipe to be more PKD and kidney friendly. Just a refresher. Number one, look at the protein. Look at what type and how much. Number two, look at the salt that is added to the recipe. If you can cut it in half and even in half again, you will have a low sodium dish. Number three, check out the veggies. Make sure that there are some present and swap out or replace or reduce if there are any oxalate bombs. And number four, look at the fat. Is it a healthy source? Is it going to do more good than harm? Make sure to download the resource for this episode. You'll also get a nice refresher of those meal goals all in one when it comes to veggies and protein. Until next time, happy recipe adapting and 